Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Um, this morning, we're in for a, uh, a real delight. Our, um, our new friends, Jenny and David Gilpin, who have pioneered a church in Sheffield, England, <clears throat> with 12 different locations, and uh, so function apostolically uh, between these locations. Uh, they haven't yet, uh, don't yet have one in Canada, but um, they, they vary at locations like uh, Uganda and um, Kuala Lumpur and Frankfurt, and, and their next one is gonna be in Brussels. And we just love the spirit that they carry. Um, this morning, the message about lighten up was a pretty good one for us. I, I think it was also, we're in for a ride, okay? <laughs> He's a master at metaphor. So, um, but anyway, they have, uh, they have one boy, Ryan, who's a, uh, a piano prodigy. It's just phenomenal to watch him develop in, in Sydney. And uh, they both uh, are from Australia originally. And uh, partway through David's um, civil engineering degree, he got gloriously and supernaturally transformed by the power of God. And he's uh, just recently came to terms with who he is and uh, his unique contribution, uh, which I think you'll find very, very, very refreshing. So this, uh, the gift that God has given us in David and Jenny will be observed this morning. They will minister uh, together. He'll minister first and then minister a little bit together at the end with Jenny. And uh, so I just, um, oh, the other thing I guess is that I think your book's all sold out. We found a few more that we put out there. And so uh, this is great. And we can find them on Amazon, uh, maybe, or on your website. That's a better place to get them, okay. And um, so there's more than just the three that we had, right? There's like, like a dozen and, and they're, they're rolling out every week pretty well. Another one will come out this week. I just want you to put your hands together and welcome David Gilpin as he comes right now to minister the word of the Lord to us this morning. Thank you. Have some fun. Awesome. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Um, so good to be here. Becca, you've done a great job. Gosh, give Becca a huge round of applause. Beautiful voice. Extraordinary. And uh, have you got the greatest pastors in the world or what? Like, I think we fall in love with Lauren and Kelly. And uh, Kelly's kind of become Jen's BFF. And, uh, and they both discovered that they love athletics uh, together. They love watching athletics on TV that, that really bores me. So it's quite of a help that, that Jen's got a soulmate uh, to talk about athletics with. Um, so we've just come from uh, England to uh, Vancouver and from Vancouver to the Rockies and the Rockies to Calgary. I think we're falling in love with Canada. I, I like it's been Jen's bucket list to uh, drive over the Rockies and, uh, and it's, it's, better than, it's better than what you'd imagine. It's extraordinary. And, uh, and so, gosh, you guys are blessed being in this nation. Uh, we're having trouble in the British nation right now with uh, things that happened in the last, uh, the last month or so. And uh, there's a big cry for people to, to establish, uh, for people to be integrated into British culture. But you know, it's quite a complicated thing, British culture, because being a Brit is, for a start, driving a German car uh, to an Irish pub to have a, a, a beer brewed in Belgium. 
and then being British is driving back home, picking up a Turkish kebab um, to sit on uh, Swedish furniture to watch an American TV show on a Japanese TV. That's, that's, that's British. <laughs> so, so there's quite a lot of work to do for Theresa May to establish British culture. <laughs> and, uh, and the most British thing is suspicion of anything foreign. And so, and so we have got a problem in Britain. And in actual fact, all, all the British people, except for the redheads, are foreigners because, um, you know, the Celts, the redheaded people, uh, the Gingers, the Ed Sheerans, uh, they were the original settlers of Great Britain, but everybody else uh, invaded. And so um, it's, it's, it's not a purebred nation. There's all the nations have come in on Great Britain. So there's a lot of work for Mrs. Theresa May to get on with. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, go straight into it today. Then I'm going to call the band up and then my wife's going to come and do some ministry. But I'm going to talk about, uh, about the bench. And uh, if, you know, generally, if you're going to motivate a church, you tell them to come off the grandstand and come onto the field and let's score some goals. And I have been in a thousand sermons saying, stop being a spectator and come down onto the field and let's, let's become a fully blown participator of the kingdom of God. But when I, when I do watch any uh, sport on television, I realize that there is a small slither of land called a bench that seems to me more significant than we could ever realize. And in every church, there ought to be a bench. No player, no star, no legend has spent all of their time on the field without visiting the bench. And it's important that, that I establish that this morning and, uh, and take you on this journey of telling you what the bench is all about. Some of you think that you're on the shelf. God has never made a shelf in his life. God don't do shelves. God does benches. He's made a bench. This is the greatest sport the world has ever seen. This is the greatest game of the kingdom of God coming to the earth, the earth the world has ever seen. And God has established a bench. God doesn't do redundancy. God does reinvention. And so none of you are past your sell-by date. None of you are past the best days of your life. The best days are yet to come in every one of your lives. And so it's not a shelf. Stop saying you're on the shelf. It's impossible to be in the kingdom of God and be on a shelf. It's a figment of your imagination. You're not on the shelf. You're on the bench. Some of you need to get off the field of striving and get onto the bench because you're exhausted. And there's some here that need to stay on the bench a little while longer because your number's not being called right now. And there's a lot of people in this room today that need to boot up, that you need to get ready for the most productive season of your life. Something is about to happen because God's about to call you off the bench back on to the field of play. He's about to call you into the greatest season of your life. So let me pause and start saying that not every great player is ever on the field all at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
Some are resting, some are recovering, some are rethinking, some are reinventing, some are injured, some are new to the Premier League. You can't reinvent on the field. You can't reinvent mid-play. You can only reinvent on the bench. And you can tell the future of a team whether it's going to go all the way or whether it's going to falter mid-season by who's on the bench. It's called depth of team. Now, I don't know if you follow uh, English football, but uh, the greatest player uh, who no longer plays is David Beckham. And uh, David Beckham uh, was plagued with injury in the last number of years of his career uh, playing for England. And, uh, and uh, one of the most endearing images, whenever England plays in a World Cup, they always do badly. And, uh, and one of the endearing and enduring images of the last eight years of Britain, of England playing football, was in Cape Town, in the World Cup in Cape Town. And David Beckham wasn't on the field. David Beckham was on the bench uh, because he was injured. But he wasn't on the shelf. He was on the bench. He wasn't at home in a onesie with a hot water bottle, he was on the bench. He wasn't on the stands. He was on the bench. He wasn't in the commentary box. Some of you need to get out of the stupid commentary box. Hey. <laughs> and some of you need to, to get back onto the bench. He was injured. He was down, but he wasn't out. And there's a bunch of people now in this room who are like Beckham's on the bench. You like Beckham on the bench. There's people who have been in the field of conflict, in the arena of Goliath slaying, forerunners of the game, but now you've been knocked around. You're now recovering, resting, completed a season, an innings, a tour of duty. So firstly, let me say thanks. Because people like me are standing on the shoulders of giants. I didn't invent the kingdom of God. I'm riding on the shoulders of the giants of the kingdom of God. And there are giants in this room right now. And without you standing up saying, yeah, I'm a giant, I'm exhausted. I, you know who you are. And I can say, and I need to say, thank you so much. Somebody's passed me the baton. Somebody didn't drop the baton. And so those of you who, who, like Psalm 134, who minister by night in the house of the Lord. And the psalm says, lift up your hands and praise God. Don't let your hands droop, those who minister by night. I'm living in the daytime, but somebody ministered by night. I'm living in the joy of the morning, but somebody wept through the night season. Somebody broke this thing open. Somebody carried their cross in order to give me the resurrection. And they are in this room right now. Don't underestimate what you did in the night season by enduring until daybreak. Don't underestimate the power of faithfulness and the power of endurance and the power of slaying those Goliaths. Even though you've been knocked around, even though you're still bleeding, you have done a mighty work. Manchester United isn't great because of the Ryan Giggs or the Wayne Rooney's. It's great because of the Matt Busby's, the Bobby Charlton's, and the George Best. That just went straight over your head, that. But I should, 
I should have translated it for some Canadian team, right? But anyway, a great team is a deep team where talent, history, experience, and wisdom extends to the weather-beaten slats of the bench. Secondly, to all who have completed a season, the game is not over until the fat angel sings. So I ain't heard a fat angel sing. Have you heard a fat angel sing? No. So it just means the game's not over. The end of a season is not the end of the journey. And let me say this just to muck around. When Jesus said it's finished, he's still alive, you know. And so his end of his season was not the end of his ministry. For the last 2,000 years, Jesus has been interceding on behalf of the church day in, day out, hands lifted up. And so, but when he said it's finished, that was the end of a season, but it wasn't the end of the game. It was the end of the season of his life, the season to bring salvation, to bring redemption to humanity. He said, it's finished. The end of a season is not the end of a game. The end of a chapter is not the end of a book. And some of you have finished a chapter, but you haven't finished the book. And the book's about to get better. Uh-huh. So you finished a tour of duty, but you're not at the end. It's an ad break. And in Canada, your ad breaks go on for a long, long time on television. It's a blank sheet of paper between chapters. I love a blank sheet of paper between chapters. It makes me feel like I've read a lot more than I actually have read. But some of you staring at a blank sheet of paper thinking this is the end blank sheet. No, 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 it's the mid-chapter. It's the midway point. It's the ad break. You might feel like you're on the shelf. You used to be the star player in C3 Calgary West. <laughs> you used to be the life of the party, the one others wanted for their team. You used to have a bunch of friends, did everything together. Now somebody's stolen your friends. <laughs> you used to run the worship, you used to run the stewarding, you used to run the connections team, you used to be in the eldership. You used to be in a relationship that despite your best efforts slowly grew cold and distant, died in your hands. Okay. It's not the end. It's an ad break. Stop acting as if something's just died in your hands. It's the bench. It's the bench. It's time for you to recover, get reinvented, get recharged, because the greatest season of your life is about to begin. Let me say this, right? That life isn't, was never as good as you thought it was. You romanticize how good life... It's like songs on the radio. Think, oh, songs in the 70s, amazing. Have you, have you heard them lately? <laughs> it's just rubbish. <laughs> but, but you kind of think songs back in the 80s, I'm in the 80s, you sort of think songs, you know, new romantic, spandel ballet, spandex ballet. You know, you, you sort of think, wow, that was when music was great. Ha have, you, have you heard... Uh, some of the music from back then nowadays, what you put up with. And, you know, the fact is the entire history of your life has been a round peg in a square hole. 
That's the entire history of your life. So some of you, some of you think, gosh, you, you, back in the glory days. No, 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 no. You've never had really glorious days. <laughs> You've never had them. You've made that up. <laughs> so I think, yeah, life was brilliant then. You know, I was in that relationship. No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't very good. It wasn't very good. You argued all the time. <laughs> you know, you, you were anxious. You, you had panic attacks. You, you were never happy. Yeah, but Dave, when I was 16, no, 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 no. When you're 16 with acne, you didn't even want to get out of your bedroom, you know? It's just, there was never a golden era. You've made that up. And so the reason why you are the way you are is because God's taken you out of the square hole. Have I got an organ happening behind me here? It's all right. But, I, I, but it's because God's taking you out. Because your future is not square peg and round hole. Your future is square peg in square hole. Because God wants you to be the most effective, the happiest, most joy-filled person the earth has ever seen. And so God's been preparing a square hole for square people. And for those that are around, he's been preparing a round hole. Your future is better and greater and bigger than your past. So even if you think, well, I'm in a crisis, the crisis is in between two appointments. The blank sheet, the ad break, in between two appointments. But the glory of the future temple is far more glorious than that which was ever, ever in your life historically. Stop it. Stop romancing the stone of your past. I like that. I'm going to write that down. Psalm 138 verse 8 says, The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this, He who began a good work in you will carry it on, ta-da, to completion. The one who started this ain't going to give up on you halfway through the book. He started it. He's going to finish this. So don't give up on a God who doesn't give up on you. He won't abandon you mid-race. Other people might be doing what you used to do. You, you were number seven, now somebody else has the number seven jersey. Other people may be spending time late into the night with exactly the same people you used to burn the midnight oil with. I've got two words for you. Move on. Press delete on following them on Instagram. Stop snooping around what they're up to now on Facebook. Unfriend. Move on. We're, we're sick and tired of that broken record that keeps repeating itself about how sad you are. You used to be in the limelight. You fed off that limelight. It's naughty. It's all about the glory of God. It's not all about you and your limelight, you with your BFFs. And that's exactly what uh, Samuel 
God said to Samuel, when Samuel was crying over Saul's mismanagement of his life, in 1 Samuel 16:1, the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I've rejected him as king? Fill your horn up with oil and be on your way. In other words, it's time to anoint the next king. So stop crying over the former king and start to anoint the next king. Fill your home with oil. The king's in the cup. Fill your home with oil. The king's, the future king of your life, the future move of God in your life is in the cup that you hold. Prepare the way for the future. Fill your home with oil, not with tears. Fill your horn with oil. Go on your way and anoint the next king. God's giving you oil of joy for mourning. He's refilling your jars full of oil for the new season. Stop crying over spilt milk. She's not worth it. He's not worth it. It's not worth it. They're not worth it. And once milk spilt under the refrigerator, you can't get it back anyway. So whatever you put underneath there, just let it dry out. It's not going to, when it's fully dry, it'll smell just while it's drying. But when it's fully dry, it'll no longer smell. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. You can't heal everything from your past. You can't fix everything from your past. Stop being a perfectionist. It's working against you. Let under your fridge be a little dirtier than the rest of your kitchen. And it's not because you're ugly, it's not because you're untalented, it's not because you're short, not because you're clumsy, it's not because you're a failure. It's because life's rejections are God's ejections into your future. So stop doing a post-mortem thinking, oh, it's because I'm ugly, it's because I'm overweight, oh, it's because I'm untalented, it's because I'm not funny, it's because I'm boring. Stop doing that. It's not because of any of those things. It's not because you're unwanted. It's because life's rejections are God's ejections. If you didn't get the job, it's not because you're not talented. It's because God's got a better job for you. He's got a better job for you. If you didn't get into that relationship, it's because God's got a better relationship for you to get into. So life's reject God uses. He uses the rejection of other people. You know, as an, I got a civil engineering degree. I got rejected with, with jobs in Sydney, and I had to get a clearinghouse job in Brisbane that was like a thousand miles away. But in Brisbane, I met the love of my life, Jenny Gilpin, in Brisbane. Why? Because life's rejections are God's ejections. Andy, if, am I shouting too much? Are you sure, you Canadians, you nice people? I was about to say sorry and become Canadian. Myself. Now, there's people here, you just need to get off the field and head for the bench because you're clogging up the pitch. You're all wineskin, you're itchy, scratchy. You're sour, you're angry, you're mad. And we don't like you very much. Someone just need to be self-aware. Somebody just need to go back to the bench. You're annoying us. It's your attitude stinks. You don't want to be doing the stewarding. You don't want to be doing the car parking. You don't even want to be here. Just go home. 
because you're annoying. Because in this church, you don't want pe- people who are doing things that they really want it. I don't want you to do it because you, you've got to do it. I want you to do it because you get to do it. You get to do it. So some of you are that exhausted. Just, 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 you just get off the field. And don't take the ball with you. It's our ball. <laughs> All right? So, you know, Mr. Soundman, don't take the mics with you when you decide to head to the bench. You know, just leave them out. It's, this is our church. It's not just your church. And so if you're going to have a pity party, have it by yourself. <laughs> Light your own candles. Some of you lost your spark. You've lost your va-va-voom. You've lost your mojo. And it's time for a Sabbath day's rest. You've got to, you, you can allow this season to end. And if you allow this season to end, you allow a new season to start. Just allow it to end. Stop talking about him. Stop talking about it. Just stop it. Just let it end. And whoever lets go, let it go. Queen Elsa put it on, play it in your car, let it go. Whoever lets it go allows God to let the new season start. If you can release your identity from what you do and from who you're hanging around with and back to who created you, we're in business. It's time for another hit. Some of you are one-hit wonders because your second single sounds just like the first single. (laughs) You want to become a legend. You want to have hit after hit after hit, but you've got to become more like Elton John than, you know, than Chumbawamba. (laughs) Or the Baja Man, who let the dogs out? Yeah, but that's... Have you got anything else to sing about? You, you want to become a Coldplay where every song is different to the previous song because you understand cl- the closure of seasons. But some of you are too desperate to repeat the success of the past, are too fearful to become creative, too fearful to let go, and so your second single sounds identical to the first one and you wonder why there's low sales. It's because we've heard it all before. And you need to come out with a sky full of stars. You need to come out with a new single that fills the place with light and vitality. John 15, 2 says, every branch that bears fruit, God prunes in order that you might become more than a one-hit wonder. Lay it down, change your Facebook status, some of you back to single. I'm not advocating divorce here, but I'm just saying some of you are hanging on to relationships that should never be hung on to. It's the source of your sadness is a hanging around the old and not the new. And as the angel said, you won't find Jesus in the cemetery. He's risen. Get out of the cemetery and find him on the road to Emmaus. Find him outside the cemetery. John chapter 12, verse number 24 says, unless a grain of wheat dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So to everyone on an air break, beware of the grandstand. 
Beware of the looming shadows of cynicism that fall upon inactivity and insecurity. Never say about the church that it's not as good as it used to be. Stop hanging around negative people clogged up with doubt and pessimism. Stop going off in a huff. Stop parking your backside on the plastic bucket seats of the stands. Stop being so naughty. Okay, so keyboard player coming up. I'll get the band up in a second. Lastly, lastly, everyone say lastly. So it's not just the quality of the bench that makes a great team, it's the attitude of the bench. And when England were losing, Beckham was standing up, not in a tracksuit, not in chinos or pajamas, but in Armani. Pierre Cardon, Yves Saint Laurent. He was looking like a million dollars. England were losing, but he was looking like a million dollars. You know what you you need to do? You need to bench it like Beckham. Mm -hmm. That's what you need to do. That's the key. Stand up. Bench it like Beckham. Tell the sons you can do it. Tell the daughters you're doing great. Become part of the family. If you can't be functional, you can be family. You can be a Barnabas. You can encourage others to be the greatest that they could ever be. And this church needs that, you know. We're about to release people back into central Calgary. And, and if anything, they, they need fathers and mothers. They need people to say, you are geniuses. I've never seen such faith in, in all of Canada. That's what they need. But you might be on the bench. Do it from the bench. It's hard to be high family when you're kicking and scoring goals. It's, that's high function. The, God, the church needs to be, have a huge performance aspect to it. But the church isn't just about performance. The church is about family. Who, who are the family members cheering on the others? It's those of you on the bench. You need to get out of the bucket seats of the grandstand. Stop criticizing the church. Stop putting a thermometer on how the church is actually going. And stand up in your Yves Saint Laurent and start to herald praise for the team that's out there right now. Every daughter needs an auntie. Every daughter needs a mother. Every son needs an uncle. Every son needs a brother. Every dad needs a son. We'll never do this properly without the sense of family. Some of you in the greatest season of your life, because this is where you change from your security being on what you do to your security being on lifting others up into the greatest season of their life. Some of you need to stop trying to be the lead singer and start becoming the lead producer. Some of you need to stop trying to be the Ellie Golding of the world and start being the Calvin Harris of the world. Lifting others and propelling others into the greatest season of their life. And this place needs you. Low function, high family to help those that are high function 
to realize they've still got a family. I'm going to pull up, all the band come back. I'm going to pray for you, then I'm going to get my wife up in this atmosphere of worship. The best is yet to come. Triangular shape, there's a triangular hole. Pentagonal, there's one for you as well. The best days are ahead of you. None of you passed your sell-by date. The moment your sell-by date is up, you drop the body, go to heaven. While you're alive, the best is yet to come. Stop being a has-been and join me and become a will-be. Father, I pray, fill them with freshness. Fill them with hope. Wipe the tears from those that have cried all night for losses over losses, over regrets. And those that feel rejected by even this church and by leaders within this church, I pray that they realize you're far bigger, God, that we are actually like pawns being moved around by God himself. And that you're not actually being rejected by God, you've been injected into God's future, his great future. God's in charge, not man. God's in charge. Stop being hurt. Stop saying that you're hurt. Stop associating yourself with a person and a place in history. Stop using the word hurt. Athletes don't use it beyond 10 seconds. Then they're injured. Then they're recovering. And then they're reinventing. So start to move out even from the linguistics that you use and start to use a different language, a language of expectation, a language of hope a language of the best is yet to come. Father, bless every person in this room. Some of you are reconnecting to God while I've been speaking. Some of you have never given your heart to Jesus Christ. And I've got a feeling this is the time for you to do it because God's got a plan for your life. And you want to join with the planner. Some of you feeling so lost and so abandoned. Join with, join with the planner. God's the author. He's the finisher of your faith. He's the author of it. He's, he's with you in this. He's planned this. So some of you just need to link up with the God who we've been talking about today. And if that's you, if you're a backslider or maybe you've never, maybe from another religion, you've never committed your life to Jesus who died for all people of all religions. He died for the entire world, not just the Western world. He died for your world. If that's you right now, I want you to pray this prayer. Everyone can help us out. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thought it was over. And now I realize it's not. But I can't do this on my own. I need a helper. I need a savior. I need a restorer in my exhaustion, in my brokenness. Come and restore me now, Lord. And fill my heart with faith and love and hope. Forgive me of every sin come into my heart hold my hand in Jesus name with that with that simple prayer if you prayed that prayer in the first service 25 hands went up and in this service if you prayed that prayer with every eye closed I'm going to ask you when I count to three for you to lift up your right hand leave it up to all the hands are up if you sincerely prayed that prayer whether you're a backslider whether you've never prayed a prayer like that before and if you if you 
you need to draw a line in your sand. This, it's, it's, lines in sands are really important to human beings to mark the end of the old, the beginning of the new. And so if that's you right now, I want you, when I count through, lift up your hand, leave it up till all the hands are up with every eye closed. So I want you to draw a line in the sand by lifting hand. Three, two, one, lift it up now, lift it up. Lift it up now, hands are going up, yep, hands are going up, hands are going up, hands are going up on my right hand side, there's one hand, there's two hands, there's three hands, there's four hands, there's five hands near the back, there's six hands, there's seven hands, there's eight hands, there's nine hands, in the middle section, in the middle of the middle there's ten hands, down the back there's eleven hands, there's twelve hands, on my left hand side there's thirteen hands, there's fourteen hands, there's fifteen hands. Father, these fifteen, sixteen, seventeen people, God, bless them today. Let them know that they're, they're, they're not lost, that they've been found by you, that they were never lost by you. And I pray that you put your energies into them and fill them with a sense of your peace and a sense of your love and a sense of your, you being a refuge for them. And Father, let them know that you believe in them and that they are yours from here forevermore. You can put your hands down in Jesus' mighty name. Yeah, I told you my favorite service is the second one. It's by far my favorite. Oh, it's really hard to wrap. I just want to say from my heart, Dave and Jenny, what a tremendous gift you've been to us to see through Calgary, to Kelly and myself, and Canada. You're a gift. Thank you. <laughs> so we'll see you next year, right, when you come back next year. We're just talking about that right now. And I just, uh, I hope that you're leaving with your hearts and full of beautiful presence of God. This is nothing that could ever be engineered, but he takes people and uses them as conduits and catalysts to just, for, for us. And I just thank you for pouring out so much, so genuinely and so deeply and so beautifully. Thank you so much. And on behalf of Kelly and I, we just want to bless you all now to go and completely change your world. So God bless you. You're released. Have an awesome week. Amen. We hope this message has impacted you. For more information about what's going on, please check out our website at myc3church.ca. Now go change your world. 